The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. I want to mention a great resource for writers, and this month's sponsor, Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories. I'll expound later in the show, but the short version is this long-awaited book about the craft of creative writing from New York Times bestselling author Steve Almond sets out to debunk the well-meaning but misguided myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and most honest work. Pick up a copy today of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, wherever you buy books, more soon. Greetings, scribes. I have got some exciting news to share. The Writer Files now has an exclusive Patreon community where subscribers will get exclusive access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and content from productivity and publishing experts each month. In the meantime, just head over to patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. It's free to join Patreon to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash thewriterfiles. Help us start something special. We talk a lot about what, you know, what is, what is going to be the main twist and we go back and forth and brainstorm and it can take, sometimes we'll hit, in some cases we've hit upon it right away. Other times, you know, it, it takes a while and I'll come up with an idea and thou won't like it or vice versa. So once we've, we've decided what the story is going to be, then we develop the characters and the setting and the research. I think research goes kind of at the same time. Don't you think Valerie? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, we do all of that. I'll send pictures I like to send pictures to Valerie of what I think the characters look like. Valerie likes to send me pictures of houses and, you know, of the settings and what, which, how she imagines them. So once all of that is finished, then we begin the actual writing. And we speak every morning on Zoom and we assign each other, you know, or we choose what we're going to write. And then we work and we email each other that work, that day's work. And then we edit each other and, and speak at the end of the day and kind of go, okay, what are we doing the next day and the next? And this is the way it goes, the whole first draft. And welcome back to The Writer Files. I am your grateful host, Kelton Reed, wishing you pages, patience, and perseverance per usual. Internationally bestselling authors, Lynn and Valerie Constantine, a.k.a. Liv Constantine, spoke to me about the importance of writers' conferences, how to write perfidy with your best friend, and their latest thriller, The Senator's Wife. Liv Constantine is the pen name of sisters Lynn and Valerie Constantine, who are the internationally bestselling authors of Reese's Book Club pick, The Last Mrs. Parrish, which has sold over half a million copies and is soon to be adapted for Netflix. Their latest, The Senator's Wife, is described as a psychological thriller that upends the private lives of those who walk the halls of power. Because when you have it all, you have everything to lose. Number one New York Times bestselling author A.J. Finn called the book The Hand That Rocks the Cradle Meets the West Wing, a high-stakes paranoia thriller, slippery as a politician's handshake that's both sophisticated and irrepressibly fun. Lynn is a former marketing executive with a master's degree in business from John Hopkins University who also writes the Jack Logan series under the pen name L.C. Shaw. Early in her career, Valerie worked in Washington, D.C., as a White House assistant in the president's scheduling and advanced office, planning presidential trips and travel. In this file, Lynn, Valerie, and I discussed how to team up with your sister to write a thriller, setting a book in the halls of power, how they plot their novels over Zoom, why they call Thriller Fest their summer camp, the importance of freelance editors when you're just starting out, and a lot more. Stay calm and write on. 
And don't forget, you can always support this show by heading to writerfiles.fm, where you can also sign up for email updates and other resources for writers. And if you're a fan of The Writer Files, please click follow to automatically see new interviews in your podcatcher as soon as they're published and drop us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you tune in to help other writers find us. All right, we are back on The Writer Files and I am honored today to be joined by not one, but two authors. Uh, We have the internationally best-selling authors, Lynn and Valerie are joining us, also known as the best-selling author, Liv Constantine. So I can't wait to talk about this story of how you two became sisters in suspense. (laughs) Why don't we introduce both of you separately? If you want to start, one of you introduce yourselves uh, so we can get to know your, your voice a little bit better. Okay. Well, I'm Valerie. I'll start. No, I'm the oldest, so I get to start. See, she's always pushing over. Yeah. Interrupting me again. Go ahead. (laughs) Yep. Always, always. Um, I'm Valerie. So this is my voice, and I am the older of the two of us. And my little sister is... Go ahead. I'm Lynn Constantine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all I have to say. (laughs) I see. Okay, well... Um, I can't wait to get to know you both uh, a little bit better, talk about writing and the writing life, and of course, your latest. Yes. Yep. Senator's wife. <laughs> Senator's wife. And um, yeah, all, all of the things. So take us back a little bit, as we do with so many authors. I'd love to just kind of turn back the clock and talk about your superhero origins and how you came again, to kind of team up. I know that you've both, you know, had different varied careers and, um, you know, done different things. But talk to us a little bit about kind of how you came to this decision to write under the pen name Liv Constantine. Sure. So we we actually started writing together under our own names quite a few years ago, like 20 years ago, when we wrote a book called Circle Dance. And this is when we were both living in Maryland um, before I had children. And um, that was more of women's fiction, although it does have a little bit of a thrillery subplot when in looking back. And so then, you know, I moved to Connecticut in 2004. We kind of each, you know, obviously we stayed close as sisters, but we each went our own way with, with careers and lives. And then um, I think it was around 2012, I went to Thriller Fest, which is a um, conference every year in New York and a writer's conference. And it really inspired me to kind of get back into writing. I had been working on a thriller on and off while I was working in the corporate world, you know, just kind of never finishing it. And that motivated me to start a website, finish that book. And I said to Valerie, I really think you should come with me next year. It's a great, it's just a really great conference with, you know, wonderful authors and you'll learn a lot. And she said, well, I'm not a thriller writer, so I don't really think I want to come. And I said, well, no, if it, it doesn't matter what you write. It's really more about the craft. So, um, I'll let Valerie take it from here. She came with me and yeah, so I I went to the <laughs> I went to that conference and Lynn was right. It was it was fabulous and I did learn a lot and uh, and I think the uh, bottom line is that is that writing, you know, the craft of writing is the craft whether you're writing a thriller or uh, a biography or a memoir, whatever it is, there are things that you can learn about writing no matter what. And and I felt like I did, and it also you know, set a, lit a fire under me. And I said to Lynn, "Why don't we collaborate again? What, what would you think about that?" And 
She said, okay. So we did. And we wrote a, a book called Black Eyed Susans, which is still in a drawer. It had got lots of very kind rejections. And, uh, and then uh, when we put that away, we wrote The Last Mrs. Parrish. And that's kind of got the ball rolling for us. Amazing, amazing. And that book has really, really um, gone on to some incredible success. The Last Mrs. Parrish, of course, was a Reese's Book Club pick, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, an incredible uh, national and international bestseller. And that must have been really kind of a thrill for you all, because technically that was your debut as Liv Constantine. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And it was it was thrilling and surprising and, you know, just so many things, so many emotions. Um, and it just seemed pretty unbelievable at the time. Still does, actually, looking back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, truly, truly a cool, cool way to kind of break onto the scene together. And, mm. you know, because I understand that, again, you all have both had like separate lives before this. And Lynn, you um, had mentioned that you kind of were working in the corporate world, but um, had also written this other um, series under another pen name, right? Yes, that, that uh, the network and the silent conspiracy are books written under Elsie Shaw, which then the network was the book that took me like, I don't know, 15 years, I guess, by the time it had a lot of different titles and finally um, came out a few years ago also with Harper Collins um, and quite different, also a thriller, but more um, conspiracy, a little bit more action oriented and um, such a different process too, you know, not being able to rely like Valerie and I really works, we work together every day and we brainstorm and we edit each other's work. And so it was, it was a different experience doing that on my own. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, I had read that you uh, had worked in Washington. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Um, I, I worked in the scheduling office um, at the White House uh, as an as an assistant to um, the to you know the the daily schedule and travel for um, the actually for the vice president. And so uh, th- that was a great that was a great backdrop for us when we wrote the senator's wife. Although that was many many years ago that I worked mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Um, really interesting. That, of course, must have informed the work a little bit. So let's talk about the genesis of The Senator's Wife. It's being described as a, a psychological suspense, of course, and but so much more going on here. Um, let's do talk about kind of, uh, yeah, how this one came to be. And then, of course, um, we'll, we'll talk more about kind of how you all work together. So the 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 genesis of it um, was, you know, I think I think there was a lot of thought. I mean, we we, we start with a twist always, and so you you know you try to think of a situation that is that seems like a fairly normal everyday situation and how that can be turned on its head. And we in today's um, society, it seems that a lot of people have aging parents that they're caring for and, and, you know, have living in their home, or even if these uh, parents, these, you know, people who are suffering with the age-related illnesses have to have caretakers. And also, 
in, in today's world, you, you know, that hospitals will not keep people long. You go in for an operation and the next day, practically, you're released. And so there is this greater and greater need for home healthcare workers. And we talked about how bringing, you know, we, we bring people into our homes without really knowing much about them and, and just take it on the authority and the word of, of a particular agency or, a, you know, a recommendation from somebody. And, um, and they have access to everything, to not, not just the patient, but uh, and everything else about the patient, what's in the house. And, and so that was part of it. You know, how, how does that, how can that turn out to be not such a great thing? So that was part of it. And, um, and then sitting it in Washington, we just felt that uh, there, there's, there's, so much, there's so much glamour, the whole thing of power and what power does to people. Uh, although it's not a political thriller, but that we liked the uh, backdrop of that. And um, Lynn, if you want to tell uh, everyone a little bit about the story, I'll hand it over to you. Well, so the senator's wife centers on um, a woman, Sloan Montgomery, who is a, a philanthropist. And she has just, she's recently been remarried to another senator. Her first wife, I mean, her, sorry, her first husband um, is deceased. And She's moving back into Washington and kind of getting back into the swing of things, but has to have a hip surgery due to dealing with lupus that she's had for the past 20 years. And the medications have has caused a breakdown in her bones. So this is why they bring the home healthcare worker into the into their home. And her name is Athena. And at first, she really seems like the perfect fit. And she's, you know, helping Sloan not only with her recovery, but also with her foundation. But as the days turn to weeks, Sloan slowly starts getting worse and worse and experiencing all kinds of other symptoms that she had before. And she starts to really worry that Athena is the one that's making her sick. Yeah. And, and described as a psychological thriller, again, that upends the private lives of those who walk the halls of power, as you mentioned, because when you have it all, you have everything to lose. Isn't that true? <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier in the show, I mentioned an invaluable resource for writers. Truth is the arrow, mercy is the bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories based on three decades of writing, failing, and trying again. Author Steve Almond is a beloved professor at Harvard and Wesleyan and the acclaimed New York Times bestseller of 12 books of fiction and nonfiction. And in Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, Steve employs the radical empathy he displayed as a co-host of the Dear Sugars podcast with Cheryl Strayed, where they explored the joys and trials of storytelling to explode myths that hold us back from writing our deepest and truest work. The book includes chapters on plot, character, and chronology, but travels far beyond the earnest intentions of most craft books. It also includes writing prompts to generate new work. Pulitzer Prize-winning author Richard Russo called it one of the best books on writing he's ever read, and also the funniest. Pick up a copy of Truth is the Arrow, Mercy is the Bow, a DIY manual for the construction of stories wherever you buy books and add it to your TBR today. And just a quick aside to revisit the exclusive Writer Files Patreon community where subscribers get access to uncut ad-free interviews, a writer's happy hour, bonus breakdowns, and a lot more. I know that for serious writers, it can be more distracting than ever to cut through the noise, stay productive, and home in on what's happening in the publishing industry. Over eight years, we've provided a looking glass into the habits of professional writers and publishing industry insiders. And as your humble host, I've decided to launch a membership-based Patreon for serious scribes to cut through the noise, swap tips and tricks, and hang out with like-minded peers. 
just head over to patreon.com slash the writer files for bonus writing resources, monthly episode breakdowns, writer's happy hour, a community of your peers, ad-free episodes, and more. It's free to join to get a preview and you can upgrade anytime. That's patreon.com slash the writer files. Help us start something cool and special. Keep calm and write on. Well, I thought it was cool that a Publishers Weekly had said this perfect storm of perfidy swirls to a shocking climax. And I'm going to use that word a lot more, I think. Perfidy. Perfidy. It's such, yes. such a great word. Look it up if you don't know that one. Uh, <laughs> it's going to go into my vocab a little bit more. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I love that Jeffrey Deaver blurbed your book, of course. He's been on this show before. has such a way with words. He said, uh, psychological suspense at its very best compelling cast with a nonstop plot that resembles nothing so much as a roller coaster with switchbacks. And then he mm. questioned his use of switchbacks. He says, if, if there is such a right. thing, which, <laughs> which may, I think there is, I, I'm, I'm not mistaken. But, uh, and of course, AJ Finn called it a high stakes paranoia thriller, slippery as a politician's handshake. That's both sophisticated and irrepressibly fun. <laughs> I think with all the politics, honestly, in um, the news, of late and we just can't like we cannot escape it it's like kind of a kind of a perfect time for a book like this too it was a lot of fun yes writing about the you know the political landscape and then of course you know getting to sort of see behind the curtain and to some of the backdoor dealings you know even though that's not the main thrust there are those those subplots that run through the book and i i I think well i won't say too much more about that but it was a lot of, like i said it was a lot of fun writing all of those those different scenes it does seem like fun like you all are having fun yeah. mm. yes fun with perfidy perfidy yes well uh of course you are pros at what we're calling sleek sexy merciless characters with brutal ambition so when when you all sit Ooh, down to like to plot something like this Talk to us about your process. How, how again, you know, you've told us a little bit about kind of the genesis of the story, but talk about how the planning begins. Are you, are you doing some like initial outlining? Is there any uh, research period? And then, um, yeah, we'll talk about kind of how you get into a flow state together working in obviously kind of remote locations. Sure. Uh, so the planning stage is, is the first uh, obviously, and we we talk a lot about what you know what is what is going to be the main twist, and we go back and forth and brainstorm, and it can take. Sometimes we'll hit, in some cases we've hit upon it right away. Other times, you know, it it takes a while, and I'll come up with an idea, and Val won't like it, or vice versa. So once we've we've decided what the story is going to be, then we develop the characters and the setting and the research. I think research goes kind of at the same time, don't you think, Valerie? Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. You know, we do all of that. I'll send pictures. I like to send pictures to Valerie of what I think the characters look like. Valerie likes to send me pictures of houses and, you know, of the settings and what, which, how she imagines them. So once all of that is finished, then we begin the actual writing. And we speak every morning on Zoom and we assign each other, you know, or we choose what we're going to write. And then we work and we email each other that work, that day's work. And then we edit each other and and speak at the end of the day and kind of go, okay, what are we doing the next day and the next? And this is the way it goes, the whole first draft. Amazing. And then value can pick up from here. 
Right. We, the first draft, once the first draft is finished, then we uh, usually we print it out. It's always um, easier to find errors or um, make corrections when you have a printed copy. And we both go through and we just make notes at that point, you know, like, well, is this, do we need to delete this? Or we've said before that this happened and now we're saying this. And so contextual sorts of things, it isn't so much, we're not really looking for grammar and um, punctuation at that point. We're looking more for context and and how the story is flowing. Uh, and, and if we, if we're going in the, in the right order. Uh, and and then we discuss that. We talk about that. We fix whatever changes need to be made. Uh, and then comes the third round, and that is when one of us then takes the that that second draft and reads it, and go, goes through uh, you know all of the changes that have been made, and then and then we get a little more specific with maybe uh, making changes to wording. Um, we also will we'll look at punctuation and that sort of thing, missing words. Uh, and again, we, we still at that point find maybe contextual uh, errors that need to be corrected. So that once that's finished, then that goes to the other one who reads all of that, accepts whatever changes or not, and on until, until we feel that, okay, now it's ready to turn into the editor. At, at the publishing company. And then, then it all starts all over again. Oh, yeah, know. right. Right, yes. <laughs> and more edits. <laughs> yes, yes. Right. Perfidy in perpetuity. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's very cool. That's a fascinating process, of course, um, because, you know, obviously so many writers uh, work in isolation. And um, yes. it, must be, it must be fun for you because... Mm-hmm. Does it, but also does it, as sisters, does it ever get a little chippy? Oh, never, never, never. (laughs) (laughs) I'm hearing some sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are are two, two main times that it can become that way. One is, is in the story development, if we differ on where we want to go. And Mm. so sometimes that Mm. can be a little tricky and, you know, but we, we always end up finding our way. And then the other one is when we're editing together at that second point where Valerie said, we've both made notes. So we're on the phone and we're, you know, telling each other what we've done. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Well, now what page are you on? Are you, made, you know, we just get a little irritable because it's a long process, but, yeah. uh, but that's, that's about it. That's, that's cool though, because it kind of, it probably, I'm guessing keeps you motivated, keeps you on track and you're holding each other accountable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 That's huge. That's really a big factor. You know, because you know you have to sit in that chair. Someone's waiting for for your work each day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Big motivator. Yeah. I know. That's nice. I mean, mm-hmm. and again, I think it just points up that accountability is really huge, and I think that's why a lot of writers lean on, um, you know, beta readers or a writers group that kind of mm-hmm. can all do that do that for each other, even though there's not kind of the same uh, stakes. Right. Right. Yeah, very cool. It's true. Well, of course, congrats on the latest and the successes. And um, I understand that you're going to be hanging out with Lisa Scottolini, another guest who's been on this show. Yes. Oh, yes, we are on in the back room. Yeah. Well, that's cool. What does it feel like now as you're revving up to promote and get out there and kind of meet some readers and, you know, having, ha- you know, having been to these conferences where you weren't the kind of the star or you know on the main stage what what does it feel like now as you get ready to go out for the latest 
it's exciting because um, this is the first one that we have since the pandemic, really, that right. we've had a full tour. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's we're super excited to be able to meet to you know see readers in person again and talk to talk to people. And then, you know, Thriller Fest, I mean, again, that first one I went to was back in 2012. And we had, and I had one book that was 10 years old um, under my belt and felt so not intimidated, but just sort of like awed by these other authors that I was meeting who had 5, 10, 15 books. So it's a great feeling now to be able to be there and, and be in the company, you know, of these people that we, that, that I read and looked up to as very amazing and and I'm grateful to be able to be peers with them at this point. And I think the other thing too is, is that as as Lynn said, it, these authors, uh, writers that, that we so looked up to and it, it turns out that it is such an amazing, amazing group of supportive and encouraging people. It, it just is, it's wonderful. I mean, you know, there's, there are certainly professions where, you know, that might not be the case where people aren't so helpful and, and supportive, but we have found the author community to just be an incredible one. Um, so to see friends again and uh, people who we admire and, and feel so close to as well is wonderful. It is. We, it's, we sort of call Thriller Fest like summer camp, and that that's what it feels like going back and you know and seeing everybody. But Valerie's right. I mean that, and I remember like Lee Child was one of the first people who gave us a blurb, and you know for for the last Mrs. Parrish, and it was so it was so nerve wracking with that first book. Not you know not that we I can't remember if we I think we may have emailed him or I I can't even remember, but the, all of the blurbs that we got, you know, we were just so nervous to ask anyone. So. You know, and there and and people are so generous, and it's one of the reasons that we always have a soft spot for debuts because we know how how that felt when you first when you get those first few blurbs in from these authors that you've admired, and also they were so friendly. That was the other thing when we first started going to Thriller Fest, right? And you know, we hadn't published really anything yet, and but yet they everyone is so nice and friendly and wanting to give advice and be helpful, so. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's a wonderful community to belong to. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, well, Lynn, maybe you could also just mention um, your involvement with the international thriller writers, and um, you know, because you had kind of given given back to that community as well, and, and served um, on the board there, right? Yes, I'm I'm on the board um, in the in the membership and education 
Um, so I helped put together all of the, the online thriller school, which is a great resource for, for writers. Um, and again, that, you know, it's been my experience. I've reached out, I reached out to people and they're, they're donating their time. All of the teachers for online thriller school, they're not getting paid for that. And it's a lot of work, but they're, you know, they, they're willing to do it and they're just also generous and I'm very fortunate to be on a, on the board with a lot of really wonderful, dedicated people. So it, I can't say enough about the organization because it really does care so much about the membership and we're always just trying to figure out ways to to provide more value to our members so it's it's been a it's been a lot of fun and very worthwhile very cool very cool well i'll link to that website as well there thrillerwriters.org and of course your home base there um where we can connect with all the news for liveconstantine.com uh, you're on all the socials lots of good stuff going on <laughs> there um and some more about your both of your backgrounds, but um, that's so cool. So, uh, yeah, um, can you talk a little bit about kind of like what you're cooking up? What's in the hopper for you both? <laughs> what we're cooking up, I like that. We we are working now on the sequel to the Last Mrs. Parish. There is a prequel. It's a novella called The First Shot titled the first shot. And so we have we have brought in characters from the prequel and this was before Amber met Jackson Parrish. Uh, so they so all of these characters now appear in the sequel and that's what we're working on at, at the current time. Well, of course, I'm sure readers will be excited to hear about that. And um, yeah, any news on I know I know we're in a writer's strike in Hollywood, but can you talk about any uh, news about this Netflix adaptation of The Last Mrs. Parrish? Well, we were thrilled that they did renew the option um, back in January. And then we, um, they've, we have attached, they have attached two writers who are also attached to Netflix who are um, very well thought of. And, and you know, our, pro- our production team is very excited about. So we know that they're, you know, working on the script. I, mean, I know it's pens down right now. So they aren't at the moment, but hopefully when things get resolved, that'll get picked back up. We don't, we don't have any, you know, any firm dates or anything like that, but we do know, like I said, we've got some terrific writers finishing the script up at some point. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll wait with uh bated breath on that news because um, that would be very cool to see, of course. But yeah, before we wrap up, I'd love to ask you a fun one, you know, and you can both answer separately if you want uh, or in tandem. No, I'm just kidding. It is. Uh, it, I ask all writers if they could have dinner with any author from any era to your favorite place in the world, or drink, or you know, or drinks. Who would you take, and where would you take them? Wow, <laughs> I know, right? That's a tough one. It's a hard one. I know there's so many. Um, I guess I would go to Greece because I just miss Greece, and I haven't been there for a while. It really, has nothing to do with any any writer. But I would go to a cafe in Greece and have a glass of wine with. Um, Shakespeare. Oh, <laughs> top that. Hopefully you would understand his English. Uh, well, we could speak Greek, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I think I would be at the table next to you at that cafe in Greece, drinking a <laughs> glass of wine, looking out at the Aegean. And I would take with me um, Sinclair Lewis, an American. If I could, If I could eavesdrop on that. Interesting table. I bet you, because I bet at one point you all would just sit together and. I think so too. I think think it's foursome. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I'm paying the tab, so um, I would have to come along. 
you can come. You're invited. Yeah, and you 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 would have to ask Shakespeare why why uh, the Merchant of Venice is considered a comedy. <laughs> yeah, right. That's that would definitely come up. Always wondered about that. Yeah, yes. we'll put that on our short short list. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, before we wrap with your just final uh, words of wisdom to your fellow scribes, I just wanted to mention, of course, the senator's wife, um, which will be available as of the publication of this show. AJ Finn called it. I thought this was cool. The hand that rocks the cradle meets the West Wing. <laughs> <laughs> that pulls readers into the cutthroat society of DC philanthropists and politicians, a story about loss and betrayal, as well as a high stakes propulsive thriller. Congrats um, on the Senator's wife. Uh We wish you the best of luck on your whirlwind tour. And then if you want to just wrap, you know, with any words of uh, just wisdom on how to keep going. I mean, my, my thing is perseverance really, you know, we went through many, many rejections and many years of, of, hoping and trying so if you know just don't give up and continue to work on your craft and keep keep submitting until you get the deal that you want and i think one other thing that we uh, came to is um, make sure that your manuscript is absolutely shining when you submit it you know uh, do as many edits as you can and if you can uh, find somebody to also read and and even if you can find a freelance editor uh, to work with, we found that extremely helpful because you really, you want to turn in the absolute best work. You get one shot and you, and you want that to be a good one. Uh, So make sure it's truly finished when, when you submit. Fantastic. We appreciate your words, your wisdom, and uh, we hope that you will come back in the future and wrap with us again. And um, again, Best of luck on the latest. Thank you so much. We've enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Kelton. This was great. Yes. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us for this file. And if you're a fan of the show, simply head over to writerfiles.fm for more. That's writerfiles.fm. And scene. I think we got it. Look at that. Right at 1045. That's Pretty yeah, good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, yeah. Well, I will let you go. We'll be in touch, and um, we'll polish this up and make it sound, make everyone sound smart. Oh, good. Oh, good. That's great. <laughs> Can you come with us on our come that with was- us on our tour and do that? For- <laughs>